welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill, and I am your host. Excited to be back with you this week. I have a quote today by John Maxwell. The pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. The leader adjusts the sails. And I love this for two reasons. One, because it's just a great quote. And two, because my guest today shared it with me and I had never heard of it. I heard a lot of John Maxwell quotes and I love this one. It's new to me. So I'm excited to introduce you to our guest. Colleen M. Roach is the Director, Meetings and Conference Management for Securian Financial Group. Colleen is responsible for the overall planning, development, marketing, and implementation of all company-wide recognition and incentive programs, as well as company-wide business meetings, board meetings, domestic conventions, and international conferences. She's a bit busy. Some of her awards include Corporate Meetings and Incentives Changemaker Award. That's a great one. And the Site Crystal Award for Outstanding Motivational Program International Africa program. Colleen is an active member, previous board member and chair of FICP, and she's heavily involved with Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Minnesota, Minnesota Jeremiah program, and the United Way, among others. She's a busy lady, and I am so grateful that she has been able to come on and share her time with us this morning. Welcome, Colleen. How are you? I'm doing great, Heather. I'm so excited to be here with you. I always love our chats. Oh, I do too. And as we both alluded to offline, it's going to be hard to rein us in to 30 minutes because we have a lot to talk about. Now, I was thinking of doing this where a little bit differently. So I'm going to throw out some words to you. Okay. And then you tell me what the word means to you, you know, where it's shown up in your life or anything that you would like to talk about. And then we can dive into some other things after that. You up for it? I am so up for it. I'm two cups of coffee in. I'm ready. (laughs) That's outstanding. Okay. The first one is family. Oh, that's a great one. Um, family, gosh, so important to me. Um, You know, I think a lot about the strange twists and turns that my life has taken and how I ended up uh, where I am and sitting in the chair that I'm sitting in and holding the job that I hold and the amazing life that I've had because of my job. And I always come back to family. Um, I was very blessed with a, it was just an amazing family. I have uh, three sisters. There's four girls in my family. My poor dad, every time we went to the hospital, it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a girl. (laughs) The poor man, you know, and he was this big hockey player, football player, baseball player, you know, oh, he just wanted a son, you know, and he got these four girls and I don't think he would change any of that. But my parents were very young when they got married. They were 18 and 20. My mom was barely out of of high school and neither one of them had secondary education. Neither one of them went to college, Um, but they both were incredibly hardworking people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember growing up that sometimes 
both of my parents held two jobs, um, you know, at one time. But interestingly enough, they managed to organize their schedules to where one of them was always home with us kids. We very rarely had babysitters. And if we did, it was typically aunts or uncles or cousins uh, that were with us. But they just were so focused on that family unit and being together and filling our lives with love and laughter and um, comfort um, and stability and structure. And I think it just had such an amazing impact on who I ultimately have become, who I continue to try to be um, because of all that love and all of that structure um, and mostly all the laughter. Um, yeah. just, just a great experience. And my sisters are the loves of my life. I don't know what I would do without them. They're just, um, they're just so important to me. And, and now we're all in our 50s. There's always a certain point in time when we're all in the same uh, age range uh, together. Mm -hmm. My youngest sister just turned 50 last Sunday. So now we're all in our 50s. And my parents are still with us. They're 80 and 82 this year. Wow. And I grew up very little house on the prairie style. We didn't have a lot. We were probably poor on the on the, the income um, uh, spectrum, but I, I never felt poor. Mm. Uh, there was always a, a wonderful meal on the table every Sunday and uh, lots of conversation and lots of fun and craziness. And I just, I'm so thankful for my family every single day. And, uh, you know, my parents weren't the type of people that, um, you know, made us sit down and do our homework every uh, afternoon after we got home from school. Mm -hmm. um, they never really talked about secondary education, you know, going on to college. That wasn't a part of the conversation. It was, you know, get out and weed the garden, feed the horse, clean out the barn, who's going to cut the grass, clean the house. You know, it was very chore driven, but I think that that taught us such a strong work ethic. Mm -hmm. um, and to see my parents working as hard as they always did, yet still have time for us. Uh, yeah, it was magical, just magical. It just really gave me a, a great foundation for which to stand upon. That's amazing. And you know, as you're, as you're talking through what you learned from your family, I'm thinking to the, to the times when we've chatted and, and how all of those things show up. When you, when you show up in the world, I can see this foundation within you. And, and I didn't know, you know, where it came from because nobody really knows anyone else's background to you do a podcast and you, and you ask those deeper right, questions, right? right? Exactly. Um, but I can totally see it. And I love that answer. That's amazing. Oh, okay. I've got another one for you. Great. Values. Well, the values uh, come straight out of the family uh, mm -hmm. that I, that I've been blessed uh, to have. Um, this time around. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that, you know, my family never really talked about, you know, you girls must work hard in school and you will go to college and all that kind of stuff. It was, it wasn't that it was work hard, mm -hmm. be smart, be kind, have courage, um, get the things done that you've committed to and your life can take you wherever you want to go. And it took all four of us girls in very different directions, um, but we've all been successful in our own right. And um, yeah. Um, you passed those down. Now I want to just ask you the other direction. So in some of our conversations, we've talked about your daughter and you've passed yeah. those values back down to her. Do you want to speak? Oh, to absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, uh, been very blessed. I have an amazing daughter. She's 26 years old. She, um, you know, she sort of was 
born, you know, sitting straight up with a suitcase in her hand. So she was <laughs> very perfect for me mm-hmm. um, in that she just has always been uh, ready to go, you know, very spontaneous, you know, never had a, you know, just always just sort of very steadfast in her resolve. And, uh, you know, she didn't have a lot of um, separation anxiety, which was really good for someone who travels as much as I, I do. She'd be like, bye, mom. See you when you get home. <laughs> and, you know, I had her for 18 years. She was very involved in, in sports. Uh, so that that took her away a lot through her teens. And then she went on to college um, on a full ride basketball scholarship. Uh, played all four years, came out of college with zero debt and decided to go work abroad for a year. It was only supposed to be a year. And um, she went to New Zealand where we had some friends at Queenstown in particular, and uh, she never came back. She left in 2016 and she's still living there. Uh, uh, she now has her residency. She's established a life for herself there. I, th- I think when I think back on it, that first year, you know, she was only going to be gone for that year on a holiday working visa. And I think she was at like month 10 and was making plans to come back and simultaneously talking to me about this great guy she just met. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is a tale as old as time. (laughs) And she ended up um, being offered another holiday working visa for the company that she was working with. She was actually working in tourism in in Queenstown. They really just, um, she was just selling tours to individuals and groups and she was just knocking it out of the park. So they offered her another visa. And I said, well, you'd be crazy not to take it. I mean, not very many people get this opportunity Mm-hmm. So she took it and she's still there and now she has her residency or her green card and she is a resident of New Zealand and she and her partner Callum, he's uh, originally from Auckland, they just bought a house. Oh. And um, she's just, she is just one of the most, um, she's just strong, she's got such confidence, you know, she just makes up her mind to do something and she does it. And, and I'd like to think I had something to do with that. But you know, I think you know, it's nature and nurture. I think she was yeah. born with some of those qualities and I just sort of helped nurture them. And I uh, think just okay. seeing me travel all the time and, and be gone kind of inspired her to uh, broaden her horizons as well. I just didn't think she'd broaden them quite that <laughs> far, but, you, you know. Be careful what you said out there, right? Oh, I now I know, I'm certain that you had a very big impact on, on her confidence and her ability to be able to do the things that she do and that, that she does in watching you as an example. Um, but it must be difficult right now with the inability to travel and see her as much. So hopefully that will that will come to change sooner than so. later and you'll be I hope to- so. I hope so. I think we're rounding that band. You know, I haven't physically seen her since September of 2016 or uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, we were meant to get together in March of 2020. She was going to meet me in Hawaii and oh. I ended up canceling that because she wasn't sure she'd be able to get back into New Zealand. Yeah. So this oh. is the longest we've ever gone in our life without connecting physically with each other. So we're- well, I'm going to put out some good energy Thanks. for you to be able to see each other. Okay, the next word is purpose. Oh, gosh, purpose. Yes, that one took me a while to get to in my life. You know, um, I just, you know, growing up, I never really had a lot of goals. You know, I never really thought much about my future. You know, what was I going to be when I was when I grew up? You know, what was my path going to be? I never spent much time on it. And I don't think I really started thinking about purpose until I was well into my early 20s. I just thought I would get married and have kids and be a mom and a wife and be happy. And, and my life just didn't, 
didn't take that path. I, um, I graduated from high school um, a year early. I went on to business school, um, took up, a, you know, um, um, kind of like a, 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 an abbreviated accounting management course that was combined with travel management, which was the weirdest thing on the planet. But that does um, sound interesting. Yeah, it's not a weird. It's like a weird business certificate to get from a business college, but I got it, and um, that's the getting that travel certificate is kind of what took me down this path into into the world of meetings and events. But I just never really thought about. I didn't have any goals, and I didn't really think about my purpose. Uh, until I until I moved out and and got a job and was living on my own, and um, you know I have to say I was kind of running with a fast crowd for a while there. And I I got home one Saturday morning and I thought, okay, your life needs to change. You need to define what your purpose is. Mm. And at that point, I just decided to get real serious about my job. I was working for a great company, and I decided to go back to college. Um, I went to night school and I did that for four years and got my degree in English. And I just buttoned down and thought, you know, um, you know, you're, you're responsible for your own purpose in life. You need to make some things happen here. And uh, I did. And that was just the start of some really amazing journeys. Uh, so yeah, purpose, purpose was, it was vague to me and, and then ultimately came to me and has, has really um, defined a great path for me. And I love how you just embraced it. You're like, okay, that's it. It's, yeah. time to, it's time to buckle down and look at my purpose and follow it through. I love that, which leads probably to my next one, which is confidence. Well, that's an interesting one. <laughs> um, you know, confidence, um, I think sometimes when people meet me, they think I'm a really confident person. Um, I haven't always been so confident. I think that that has that has been a journey for me. I was a very um, painfully shy um, uh, child and teen, and and really shy even into my early twenties. Um, and I think because of that shyness, I I didn't have much confidence. But I was so lucky um, to have to meet some wonderful wonderful people early on in my career um, and in my journey who mentored me and would say to me, God, you're really good at this. You know, you're really good at this. Have you thought about taking a course in this? And, you know, I'd like to give you this responsibility because you seem really good at this. And I, so confidence started coming to me in my, and more in my twenties. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a wonderful thing to have confidence, isn't it? Yes. It's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> but it ebbs and flows, doesn't it? It does. It does. I still have moments where I feel I don't feel so confident in, uh, but not as much as I used to. It definitely is something that grows and matures with you, mm -hmm. for sure. That is true. Now, I, you know, this show is called From Fear to Fire. So I have to ask about the fear. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Because, you know, I think, um, I think fear is what what kept me from becoming confident for a really long time. I was just afraid. I was, I think I was insecure. Um, I was afraid of being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't terribly self-aware, um, you know, so I think, you know, that kind of hindered my confidence a little bit. It kind of created some fear. I remember being terrified to speak in front of people. Um, you know, I just sort of wanted to blend into the woodwork. Mm. Um, but I learned as I gained confidence that fear is okay. Fear actually motivates me. Mm. You know, um, I am, I am so afraid of making a, you know, of making, I don't want to say making a fool out of myself or making a mistake, but sometimes I'm just really, um, 
afraid that something is going to come off wrong. So I might avoid actually doing that, but I, I I'm, I'm learning to master that. I'm, I'm okay with fear now. I, I find that fear motivates me more than, more than anything. Um, does that make sense? It makes total sense to me because I find fear to be very motivating. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I used to fear fear. Um, now I'm just, I sort of embrace it and I'm like, okay, um, I cannot, I cannot fail in this endeavor. You know, COVID is a, is a, is a perfect example of that, especially in our industry. So many of us planners, um, you know, who manage departments, you know, we had to, we had to pivot pretty quickly um, to hang on to our, our jobs and the integrity that goes along with what we do. And, you know, I just rolled up my sleeves and I was so afraid that somebody else was going to jump in from another division, you know, maybe from enterprise technology or marketing and kind of take over doing meetings because now they're being held in a virtual environment. And I thought, I just can't let that happen. So I just got my team together and said, look, we got to do something about this. We need to roll up our sleeves. We need to learn, you know, what platforms are out there. We need to uh, excel in Zoom. We need to become Zoom super producers and we need to still be able to deliver the product to our clients. Um, and uh, yeah, fear really drove that. And it was an incredibly successful endeavor. As a matter of fact, I had one of the best years I've probably ever had in my career last year. That is so exciting. I love hearing stories of how people made their way through fear and actually used it to learn lessons and to drive forward more effectively than in the past. I absolutely love that. And I guess I'll, I'll move on to love because I love that. So I'm going to, my last one here is love. What does that mean to you? Oh my gosh. Um, many things. Um, you know, I, I just love my career so much. <laughs> I love, I, I, I love everything that has, that has come my way um, by virtue of hard work and persistence and striving towards that purpose. I just feel so blessed in so many ways to have um, great love of family, great love of friends, love of my job, um, this incredible child that I've been blessed to have in my life, just that, that love. Um, you know, and it's funny because um, I've never been married. I, um, I, I'm a single woman, a single parent. And sometimes I wonder if fear didn't drive me away from more personal love. Mm. Um, you know, that fear of complete exposure, or whatever you want to call it. But, but I, I just think you can love in so many different ways. And I love my life right now. I have, this has been an incredibly, uh, uh, just an incredible journey that I have been on. I love every day that I wake up. I am, I am blessed to know amazing people like you, Heather, and, and people in the industry that have mentored me, uh, who have been brutally honest with me, um, who've helped me course correct. Um, I don't know. I, I just love my life right now. I, I love life. I, I'm, I'm happy. That I'm really happy. So beautiful, Colleen. And, and I feel that like you, you are, you emanate this, this love. It, it comes out of your pores. And so you, you, you can't fake that, you know, and you can tell when someone is, is genuinely happy. And I do remember uh, that one of the conversations that we had, you told this really interesting story that combined, I think, fear and love. And if I'm remembering, it has to do with hesitating. And was it your dad that was involved? Oh, my dad. Yes. 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 Don Juan DeMarco. Um, <laughs> 
my father is half Italian and half Polish. Um, uh, and so he's, you know, simultaneously angry and hungry. <laughs> um, but anyway, he was not easy on us girls. You know, he was really tough on us and learning to drive with him was just like a nightmare. But one of the best pieces of advice I got from him, and I don't even think at the time he was thinking it was a, it was advice. I think he was just trying to save my life because, you know, here we are, uh, you know, at this crossroads and, um, you know, I've got my permit and I'm trying to cross a four lane highway, you know, two lanes, and then you get to the middle lane and then you have to cross two more. And I was terrified. And I would, I was sitting there, you know, and the cars are plenty far away, but I would, I would just sort of creak and I would stop and I would creep and I would stop. And all of a sudden he he grabbed me by the arm and he said, stop hesitating. You need to stop hesitating any place in life. If you're going to do it, just do it. It's when you hesitate that you get into trouble. And if you keep hesitating as you go across this highway, we're going to die. Oh my so, gosh, that's a powerful, very direct decisive. And I'm like, okay, that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I, I've thought about that so many times in my career. Don't hesitate. Stop. Why are you hesitating? You know, just do it. And uh, that really helped me conquer a lot of a lot of my fears. Um, um, definitely, that was a very pivotal pivotal moment uh, in my life. I thank Don for that every day. But there's been some incredible people uh, in my journey that have given me some amazing uh, advice. You know, along the fear spectrum. Uh -huh. um, you know, I had another boss uh, as I was taking over the management position at Security and I was going from an individual contributor into a manager role. And I asked my boss, who at the time was the president of the company, and I said, you know, what is your one expectation of me as I take over this role, this leadership role? And he said, well, in your job, you must remain unflappable at all times. Oh. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was not really what I was, I thought it would be a little bit more profound than that. But, you know, in a way it, it was somewhat profound because, you know, what he was really saying is, you know, you're in charge of a lot of people, you know, at any given time, you might be leading a group of 350 or you might be leading a group of 1200 people mm -hmm. and they're going to look to you for direction on what to do when things are going well and when things aren't going so well. So always, especially in a moment of crisis, do not flap uh, because you will lose control of your crowd. So you, know, you must be calm, cool, and collect at all times. I love that because um, it leads me to think back to some of the horror stories that other people tell me about leaders who it always has to do with them not being unflappable, right? So that they, they're, they, it comes down to them being angry or, you know, crazy and throwing yeah. things. And, yeah. and, and so that's really good advice. The ability, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of silly at the time. And I tortured him with it for months because, you know, he would <laughs> say, well, how are you doing? And I'm like, well, I haven't flapped today. <laughs> unflappable. I, I have not flapped lately, you know, so I, but it was, uh, you know, it was, we were having fun with it, but I appreciate that um, more than anything, because it really has helped me keep my, my head level through some pretty crazy situations. I mean, you know, you should, <laughs> you should do a podcast on, you know, the, some of the crazy things that, uh, that people who run meeting planning departments have, have you know, uh, it would be with. like an eight hour marathon event, it because Everybody has some amazing, which now are very, very funny stories, but at the time, oh gosh, so at the time, I mean, I have had, 
I have had so many things happen to me and it's like, okay, I really want to just, you know, spontaneously combust right now. <laughs> um, but no, I need to be calm and try to figure out a way to get our fully loaded bus back from the police. Sorry. <laughs> Or, you know, how do I keep these people in this other destination from basically, um, you know, trying to get $10,000 out of me to put some heaters in a room? Or, you know, we did lose a couple of hikers on one of our programs too. But yes, you could, you could do some amazing things. Uh, here's some amazing <laughs> stories for me. You We'd can... love to share them amongst ourselves. <laughs> we definitely have to because you just left me with a cliffhanger. We lost some hikers and now you're going to move on. Okay. You know, four days and three nights. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Read about it. I know. Okay. That was, that was the one point in my career where I thought I was going to have to just find a new job. Like I was going to have to leave meeting planning in general and, and find something else to do. Uh, but luckily every that, that story has a happy ending and, and I'm still here leading and learning and um, becoming, uh, maintaining my self-awareness every day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know what? I, the, the time is flying by, but while we're still talking about Securian, um, I know that there's that we've spoken about culture and the importance of culture as it relates to your company. Is there anything that you'd like to we'll add that as another word before we close out? Well, culture is just, it's it just, it's so important, you know, and we're, you know, we're real lucky in the financial and insurance um, um, vertical um, business market. And I, I would think probably more so even on the insurance side, because so many of these insurance companies are institutions that have been around for a hundred 100 plus years. Mm -hmm. And culture is a huge part of what drives our success. Um, you know, through our incentive programs, you know, a, a lot of what people in in my line of business do, you know, these people who lead um, meeting planning departments, you know, we're kind of the gatekeepers of the culture, you know, mm -hmm. I always tell my boss, you know, you get to deal with really kind of crappy stuff all day long. You know, there's always something going on in the business where someone's not happy or something's not right. Um, and there's a place for that, but people in my department get to give people a nice soft place to fall mm -hmm. and um, help them remember why they work for the company. Um, because at the end of the day, no matter how hard it gets, you know, there's some amazing people at Securian that really, really, really care. Our leadership is amazing. I feel very blessed to work for this company from our CEO on down to the folks that work in, in the mailroom. Uh, everybody is just wonderful. Just uh -huh. really, really, really a blessed group of people for sure. Oh, that's incredible. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and touchable, you know, you can reach yeah. out to any one of them at any time. They're just always available which is so nice. That is incredible. So, you know, I love to uh, allow people to be able to reach out to my guests. Are you okay if we add your, your LinkedIn profile in the show notes in case someone is inspired to ask you a question or wants to reach out to you? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I love to talk to people. I should take more time to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're very good at it. I'm sure you do. Now, um, I have 100% thoroughly enjoyed this time with you. And as we, we bring it to a close, do you have any final, like, I, I really need to get this message out. The, our listeners need to hear this. What is your final parting words of wisdom? Gosh, you know, I just think it's so important for people to just be authentic, be your authentic self, work on your fear, uh, work on your self-awareness, um, 
go to bed every night thankful, wake up every morning filled with gratitude, um, you know, uh, operate with integrity and uh, do your best. Just do your best and love what you do. Above all else, love what you do. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Colleen. You have been an absolute pleasure. And those of you out there listening who are loving the great nuggets that Colleen has supplied us with today, please feel free to share this so that someone else gets that message as well. Sometimes it's when we just send it out there into the universe, somebody finds it and it's exactly what they needed to hear today. So please share and let us know if specifically if there's anything else that you're looking for, uh, my door is always open to you as well. Thanks again, Colleen. Well, let's do it again, Heather. I love chit-chatting with you. Oh, but next time it's the fiascos and we're just going to, Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. The whole time. We're just going to laugh the whole time. You have to do it. (laughs) It's been great being here. It's really been wonderful being here. Thank you so much. Thank you.